Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. We make jokes about, are you okay? On the show, but I really want to know, are you okay? For real, like, how you doing? How are you doing in all this? There seems to be the odd night when text messages get weird. There seems to be the odd night when some of the callers are a little bit more inebriated than normal. I don't mean all callers are inebriated, but sometimes we do. We do get the the drunk calls. We get people who call and they're just bored. They're lonely. They want to talk. Matt does an amazing job uh, filtering those phone calls. I do. Well, my, how are you? I do my best. Well, and it's but some of them are heavy, right, Matt? Like when you get some calls, like some of them are people are smashed, and it's you know it's like the I love you, man. But some of them are heavy. Yeah. No, I mean the you know ever since I took over answering the phone calls, me being the only person in the, in the studio downtown, I have heard some really just devastating stories you know people get to know know you from from being on the radio and people get familiar with your show and they get familiar enough to call in and say hey my mom died yesterday or my sister is sick or you know just stuff that you're just dump like not dumping on but telling a complete stranger Mm -hmm. and when i hear that i don't know what to do with that information it becomes, you see the double dip on that, right? There's somebody who's clearly going through something uh, and it's hard on Matt. And I'm, we're not being critical. We're not saying don't do it, right? Like, um, I mean, there's a lot of times where we can't help you and you think of us and we're grateful that you think of us. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like that, like Matt just said, like, we're not really qualified to be your doctor. We're not really qualified to do that, but we are qualified to be your brother and we are qualified for you to lean into us and for you to share those thoughts. And like the text that just came in, says define. Okay. See, that's incredibly self-aware to ask that question. One of the things that I, I teach when I go into, into speaking uh, engagements is I, I will often say that, how are you? It's a throwaway question. We don't really care what the answer is, right? We say that we pass ways going into the into the office or, or into the grocery store. Like, hey, man, nice to see you. How are you? And it's not really how are you. It's more I'm just acknowledging that you're there so you know that I acknowledged you, but I don't really care to find out the answer, so I'm moving on. And so quite often we say how are you and we don't mean it. And when we ask the question something specifically about, you know, How are you handling working from home? How are you handling all of this COVID stuff? And I I don't want to break the privilege of uh, my, the children's uh, mother, uh, her name's Cheryl, and we have an amazing co-parenting relationship. But just the other day I said to Cheryl, I said, Hey, you know, you all right. And she just was a little bit more stressed. It turns out she's fine. Just some stuff. 
And, um, but you have to be able to ask that question. And that's a question that I'm asking you tonight is, you all right? You doing okay? 877-399-9898. Bill says, you've become family over the last two and a half years. Um, you guys are my morning show. I'm off to work shortly. Really like the upbeat shows. Thank you. That's from Winnipeg. So, you know, th these are things that people are going through. And in fact, the pandemic is having such an impact on so many people, according to surveys, that it is worth it. Even if you feel like, I got this. Just to take a little look and make sure that I got this is, is what you're doing. Because you know what? You know what we need? I need you to be the best mom you can be. I need you to be the best dad you can be for those babies, right? We need you to be the best Canadian you can be to stand up when it's time for us to have a federal election, which is probably going to happen in the springtime, like February, March. It's probably going to happen. There's so many political things going on right now, like that story in the top hour news about these vaccines. And the fact that Canada is going to be late in getting them because the way they negotiated, that's going to be nasty when that stuff really comes to a head. When Canadians see other countries getting vaccinations before we do, and there is an assertion, and it's only an assertion out there, that Canada's generosity to other nations to help them out that can't deal with it also could be ahead in the line. So this is going to get worse before it gets better. Jason came to me and asked me and said, hey, can we talk about some mental health stuff? And Jason said, this really matters to me. And so, uh, yeah, we are going to talk about it. And, um, and Jason, do, did you want to just take it and sort of share where you're at? Would you, yeah, you want to wait? Sure. Um, you okay? No, I, I can, I can go now. Um, I all think, right. Um, well, I think first of all, it, um, I've been working from home now since, since March. So it's been, um, almost a full year basically of, uh, me working from home. Um, and you know, I would have never expected myself to sort of have any, uh, mental health, um, issues, uh, because ever since I was a kid, you know, even when I, you know, I got bullied a lot in elementary school, but I never let that get me down. I just fought back every single time in high school when people tried to like, call me short or like, or whatever, um, rookie hazing on the basketball team. Um, it never let me down. Like I went through, there's uh, times where my family struggled and never went me down. I was always the person that would console people, um, when they were having issues with their uh, mental health. Like not a lot of people know this. I don't like talking about this really, but, um, I've helped people, um, at my old jobs before I've helped people get through, um, not commit suicide. There's people who have called me and said, I'm about to commit suicide. And I've had to, um, deal with that. I've had friends who've uh, thought about committing suicide and I've always been the one to be there for them. So for mental health to creep up on me during this time of pandemic, um, I thought it was only right, uh, for me to sort of address that working from home, um, just because, you know, you're at home does not mean you're safe, um, from all the challenges that people uh, go through every single day. And I found, and when I, and I, when I, um, realized that I was going through these struggles in my head, um, luckily, um, I was able, since I've been, uh, dealing with other people through this problem, I was able to sort of listen to my own advice and actually call one of my best friends. And, um, when I called my best friend, that was when we both realized that we were both going through some, you know, really tough mental health problems. Like 
we there's stuff that I worry about now on a day-to-day basis I've never worried about before. Um, there's things that I get stressed out about uh, that I've never been stressed out about before. Um, there's times where I feel like I'm just going by the day. There's times where I feel like um, I'm not doing anything productive um, with my life sometimes. Like uh, even like even today, I forgot what day it was today. I went to KFC and asked for the Tuesday special and it's and it's Wednesday today. Um, and I, it's losing track of like days, losing track of um, what I'm doing. Um, and that's when I realized I'm like, oh, shoot, like I'm, I'm really struggling here. So I think, you know, working from home has it's it's really done that because once you change your routine, um, things go and things go like uh, haywall from there. Because if you think about it, once, you know, I was going to uh, work from Surrey, um, which is in the in like the southern part of Metro Vancouver, all the way to downtown for work every day. So I'd, you know, be, in, be able to engage with the public people. I'd be able to see different people on the street. And then I'd be able to see, you know, my coworkers who I love working with all of them. And then on the weekends, I'd be able to play open gym basketball. Um, on Sundays, I'd have church um, and I'd have all these things. So these things were always keeping me occupied, you know, keeping me in check uh, uh, mentally. And to have that taken away, yeah, it's good for the first six months, seven months. Um, but it creeped up on me. It creeped up on me. And I, and I, um, after we had that conversation with, uh, Brandon Alexander is when I started giving it some real thought of like, what should I do? I don't know who to talk to. Should I, you know, go to a therapist? And I thought of, um, and I thought of someone in the same situation as me, which is what was one of my best friends who's working from home. He's an accountant. So I just called him right away. I'm like, Hey man, um, if you have time to talk, you know, I'd like, I want to ask you like how you've been doing as well. And we were able to connect through that just two uh, men, like young men, talking, communicating over what type of struggles that we've been going through. And I think um, that that not only really helped me, but also inspired me to sort of uh, bring this attention to um, the rest of the team and talk about like the mental health issue of this pandemic is not something to joke around about. It's not something to just brush aside. It's completely real because I'm the last person that I would have ever expected for me, for uh, for anyone to um, have any of these struggles. And yet I now I'm feeling um, that struggle. And, um, and that's why I want to bring that uh, to the shift uh, listeners tonight. So tell me, um, uh, can we dig into it a little bit? Yeah, for sure, man. So tell me, like you said, you worry about um, things that you've never worried about before. And uh, the audience is going to uh, understand that when you give us something specific. What is one, uh, like the specific story about the, the, the chicken bucket? What's one thing that you worry about now? that you'd never used to worry about before? Um, well, for sure, um, my, my finances. Um, okay. I think, you know, you know I, just bought, I just bought a car. Um, and I, I was never worried about that to begin with. Like when I bought it, I wasn't worried about it. I'm like, I can afford it. Um, but for some reason, even though it's nothing to worry about, I'm worrying about it. I'm like, oh, shoot, am I going to have enough money to pay the car this month? I do, but I'm still worrying about it. Yeah, um, I see how it comes up know, and it's not something that even even belongs there right yeah exactly is that what i'm hearing i'm hearing you say that you know i worry about making my car payment but when i bought the car i mean i i knew that i could afford it it was part of the plan and then all of a sudden out of the blue you're starting to see these things come up about oh my god what about the car and yeah when nothing's really changed financially it's all kind of the same yeah nothing if uh um and i'm you know I'm, i'm still blessed to have this job like nothing's really changed 
Um, there's other things like, you know, um, I will be, you know, uh, we, we discussed it, you know, I won't be the lead content producer of the show anymore. I'll be, um, I'll be leaving. I'll still be contributing, uh, but I'll be, um, you know, I'm here for another week, uh, maybe a bit more after that. But after that, so that there's that, like, I'm worried about like, oh, I'm like, oh, what do I do now? Like, I feel so empty um, inside not being, you know, um, part of uh, part of a team in the, in that sense. Um, there's, you know, there's things where like, I've never, I've never compared myself to anyone. I've never been that type of person, but for some reason I'm watching a YouTube video with a guy in it or, um, another, like a social media, Instagram post. And I'm, for some reason I'm comparing myself, like I'm starting to get like insecure and it's, and I've never, that's never happened to me before. And yet now, um, it's taking its toll on like, I'm in my head. It's taking, yeah. uh, it's taking its toll on the well, way, I you know, you- like I live. So. I can tell you this, that that creeps up for me is that there are, I mean, I've done lots of existential study and all these things. I mean, you guys know me, I'm hippy dippy with this stuff and it matters to me. Um, But I find that there have been things that come up that are sort of those old habits of jealousy and frustration. You know, sometimes in life we get over our ex, you know, and then for a season of our life, we're like frustrated and we hate the person. And then all of a sudden a switch goes off and we're kind of like, yeah, well, it's over. And then you're done with it. Like your brain just kind of files it away and then you're done. And then maybe you find some gratitude saying, well, you know, I would never have met my buddy Billy if it weren't for my ex or whatever. I would never have fallen in love with skiing if it weren't for my ex. But I find that there have been these things, these thoughts that come up for me that are incredibly vindictive at times that I thought were gone. And when sometimes things will come up and I'll get a message from somebody, uh, you know, from my past maybe a friend, maybe a, someone you go out with on dates and they'll say something. And it happened to me uh, today where the text came in and it was just a comment. Um, it was just a comment about, about like doing something in their life. And, and my, the immediate thought that went through my head was like, well, well, too bad you didn't think of that back then. And I was like, wow, what just happened? Like my brain just like reconnected the wires from five years ago and my brain just meant to immediately went back to that sort of thinking. And that's where I think that we start to see some of the stress present itself. And it seems to me to be one of those places where we really, um, where we really run into this. Um, we'll talk about this more. Okay, Jason, you cool with that? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is just sharing thoughts. Look, the stress is here and, um, we are all dealing with, with more and the people around us are stressed. And some people like they just get there. They're the people that are wound really, really tight in your life. And we might say, Hey, by the way, you know, Steve over there, you know, ah, he gets a little stressed out, but now Steve is like the top, the air, the steam out of the ears, like the cartoon, like, Oh my God. Sorry. If your name is Steve, I just using that as an example. A texture says this, as a young guy myself, I can relate to a lot of what Jason is saying. It's easier to put a log on a raging fire than it is to open up to people. And isn't that the truth? Doesn't it feel friggin' good when that person just yeah. says the wrong thing and you're frustrated and you tear a face off and you're like, Argh! and then you, the regret and all those things pour in and you're like, ah, crap. 877-399-9898, Surrey and, uh, Sabrina and Surrey. Hi, Shane. Good evening. Uh, good evening. Is this our Sabrina? This is our Sabrina. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. What's on your mind? Um, I think that what Jason brought up is a really good point. Um, mental health, and especially men's mental health, knowing um, how 
stigmatized it can be today um, is very important. I actually didn't know he was going to bring this up tonight, so I just thought I'd call in. Um, but I just wanted to kind of touch on my perspective as a student during these times. Um, there's half of my set who I've never met um, and I'm working with complete strangers essentially online through BCIT, handling nine courses, and it's definitely been a tough time for me. Um, and really the only people I see other than work and the only person in my bubble is Jason. So being able just to have a variable with that has been very helpful to keep both of us sane. Um, but I really agree that it's been hard to keep track of the days. I've been extremely overwhelmed trying to be on my computer for more than 12 hours every single day, including weekends, because I get no break. So, um, yeah, really good topic to bring up um, in terms of mental health, since coronavirus is not the only thing we're worrying about. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like a, a chicken and egg scenario or a cart before the horse or put whatever cliche you want at it. Um, it really is... The, the cause of this is not COVID, you know, when we look at cause and effect. I mean, I think the cause of this was already underlying. And then this was um, a catalyst is COVID, right? And I think it's important for us to give that distinction. Now, let me ask mm -hmm. you this about being a woman, Sabrina. Now, you're a young woman. You're going to college. You're doing your things. Do women have the freedom in their relationships to talk about this? Is that different as far as you see it between women and men? Um, in terms of mental health? Yeah, mental health, yeah. Um, quite honestly, I haven't had that issue with Jason, um, with him being open to me about his mental health. He's been very open about it. Um, he like tells me when he's not having a good day, I try to talk him through it. Um, he's been mostly my support in terms of mental health, but you know, he's helped me so much now, like I'm in a really good place, but seeing that, this whole quarantine and lockdown has been affecting him. It's definitely concerning me. Um, so I've just been trying to help him through it so far. Um, but yeah, we, he's been very open with me about it. So we've just been trying to get through it together. It's beautiful. Uh, thanks for the honesty and the openness, Sabrina. I mean, I, I, I'll just let me acknowledge for everybody that you have to understand, like this is one of our team guys. He's my brother. He's sitting right there. And, uh, and, and Sabrina, his girlfriend, which he's absolutely marrying up in this, I will tell you clearly. Um, but they, they are openly talking about their relationship and their struggles in order to share that with the audience and all the shift heads out there. Uh, so we all know that we're not alone and this wasn't planned. So, um, that's, that's the magnitude of this conversation. Thanks for taking the time to call in Sabrina. Have a good night, boys. Thank you. This is the shift daily podcast. Um, your calls, your text messages here. Welcome on the shift. And some kind words have been sent in that I wanted to um, uh, get these out and a, and a message, a couple of messages here. Uh, Anthony on the 401 Kingston to Mississauga. Uh, congratulations, Shane. Honestly, the first time I started listening to the show, I thought you guys were a bunch of idiots. Oh, that's good. I like where this is headed. <laughs> to some, we still are. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Now I can't wait till 1 a.m. to turn it on. Thank you for being honest and giving the working class uh, a place where we can address the topics that we have. Congratulations to you and your team. Thank you for uh, keeping me and my wiggle wagon, uh, AKA LCV on my way back to Mississauga every night, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. And uh, thanks for listening in your wiggle wagon. Drive safe on the 401. Remember, no trucks in the left lane. 
Wiggle wagon. I like that. I've never heard that. The wiggle wagon, buddy. Those big ones, they wiggle a lot. Um, hard work pays off, Texter says. It says, praise is well overdue. The shift is, a, shift is a force to unify and not divide the nation. That is not an easy responsibility given the present political and emotional climate. So thank you for that. Uh, happy to be taking over. We'll, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing's really changing that quickly. We've got some new people coming in and um, and uh, some new ideas we'll share, but your favorite things are staying and, and, uh, and yeah, something to look forward to. Matt's still going to play his guitar. Yeah, I, I ain't going anywhere. I'm, I'm still here. Someone's, someone's got to be crabby and answer the phones and push all these buttons. <laughs> crabby Patty Matt. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton listener says, um, I'm so happy you are finally permanent. Um, I get hives when you aren't there for the show, thinking that you're gone. <laughs> your way of dealing with callers, both clever and difficult, is refreshing. Uh, the rest of your cast are really smart and funny. Um, I now actually uh, dread when you're not on and look forward to the weekdays. Who knew Edmonton listener? Thank you very much for those kind words. Um, I had another um, message that came in uh, that I wanted to share um, about the shift. And I, I mean, all of these lovely things that you're sharing because, um, you know, we get to celebrate some, some good news this week as officially becoming the host. So I'm stuck. You're stuck with me. Uh, maybe I'm stuck with you. I don't know. Could go either way, but this was the other message that came in that I, I wanted you to hear. So the shift with Shane Hewitt is this very big Canadian show. Okay. They feel very strongly about themselves and I guess they're doing okay for Canada, you know, which I call weak America. And, you know, you have your prime minister Trudeau who thinks he's very handsome. I, you know, he's handsome, I guess, for Canada, not American handsome. Okay. He's no Donald J. Trump. Believe me, people see me and they see handsome. Uh, but, you know, the shift with Shane Hewitt, I think they're doing the best they can. You know, I there are times when I hear it and I say I would take the F out of shift. And I think you know what I mean. And But they're doing the best they can. Okay, we have to be nice to our Canadian neighbors. Uh, and as your president, I know you're saying you're not our president, sir. Well, they call me the leader of the free world. And last time I checked, Canada is part of the free world. So I'm sort of your president. And I think once I'm out of office, whether it's in January or 8 to 12 years from now, I think I should take over the shift. And we can just call it the show, the Donald Trump show, no longer the shift, because there's going to be no other shows in Canada. Everybody will be listening to the show with Donald Trump. But until then, I guess I can't say anything too mean about the shift. They're doing the best they can. You know, they don't have my talent. They don't have my strength. But Shane and the crew, uh, overall, I would say they're okay. So I give them a very low, very not powerful endorsement from Donald J. Trump. And uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Trumpy. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so happy you got that, man. I'm so happy you got that. That arrived in my mailbox today. Um, and I, I wasn't really expecting it and, um, and it arrived today. That's JL Colvin, uh, the comedian who was on the show with us this week. And that's his Trump impersonation. Um, if you just literally search JL Colvin, uh, it's J-L-C-A-U-V-I-N, um, and JL comedy. If you, um, you're going to find him all over. His Trump impression is like millions and millions of, of people. So 
who are checking it out. That's fun. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I wouldn't call it the shift. I would take the F out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that was funny. Very good stuff. Thank you, JL. Love it. All right. I'm Shane Hewitt. This is The Shift. A couple of text messages came in I wanted to address. Uh, Derek says, is John sticking around? John Jang will continue to hosting the weekend version of The Shift, which is technically Saturday morning in, um, in Ontario and Friday night in BC. And so, yes, he will be here. And Shane, so you're not getting the boots. So what's going to happen to Eric? Please don't give Eric the boots. Eric has a job um, on CKNW in Vancouver. And so he's, he's going to be around uh, as he normally is, filling in and bringing his hip hop and his great attitude and, and opinion on things and his music and, and his, his love for all that, uh, as he always has. And we look forward to, to having him be a part of the show, too. So he'll be here. So no worries. There'll be no worries. 877-399-9898. Calls and texts welcome here on The Shift as we dig into Are You Okay? Hey, all right. Here, uh, let's, let's play this music here. <laughs> we just got called fake news because of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you okay with politicians winning Emmys? Uh, for what, though? Like, do they act for like a speech? Well, Amy, Emmys are like daytime TV, aren't they? Isn't that what an Emmy is? Yeah. So I guess, well, yeah, I mean, it's all a soap opera anyway, so I guess it's not so far-fetched that they would win an Emmy. <laughs> well, isn't that the case, though? So I was unsure, and then I sort of thought about it, and I was like, wait a second. Okay, assuming they're still in office, politicians should not be winning Emmys. I would say. Yeah, I think I would go, I, I think I would go that route, too, because... Yeah, because there's there's actors who like work hard for like an Emmy and stuff. Journalists who work hard for an Emmy, like politicians, just are there. So I feel right. like it's kind of unfair. All right, here's a clip. New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo will receive an Emmy today for his daily coronavirus briefings, despite the thousands of seniors who died from coronavirus in New York nursing homes. And our own Janice Dean lost both of her in-laws to the virus within weeks of each other in state's nursing homes. And she joins us now to react. Janice, what were your thoughts when you heard he's getting an Emmy today? This is a hard interview to do because we're going into Thanksgiving and this is the mm -hmm. first Thanksgiving we will have without his parents going into the holiday season. To, so to hear the governor going on a sort of another self-congratulatory uh, award show after his self-congratulatory book tour uh, to an, accept an award for his quote-unquote leadership where over 34,000 New Yorkers died, including my husband's parents, uh, it's just more grief. Every time we see this governor celebrating himself on television, uh, it's just a reminder of the people that we lost, uh, partly because of his leadership. Whoa. How's that? I think uh, she gave him the boots. Andrew Cuomo did a really good job during his briefings and such like i think he did i mean is he particularly smug yeah um but i thought he was very good and very clear so i don't know if i see it the same way as a celebration tour but i i don't live in their their jurisdiction right so i guess i i don't have a vote in that but the so i find that really really strong and surprising but i would agree that there's no way that just for doing your job of serving the people you get an emmy for doing good press yeah no that's bizarre like yeah that would be you know what that's like that would be like me getting nominated for a grammy for introducing the weekend really well 
Yeah. No, exactly. It's it's almost unnecessary. Well, <laughs> I'll be like, and nominated for the Grammy of uh, Best Pop Song of the Year is Shane Hewitt for introducing uh, Ariana Grande. Really great. <laughs> he, he sure hit the post, and that's why uh, that's why he's got the award. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. That's stupid. I don't say that's very. I don't say that very often, but that's dumb. It is dumb. Um, yeah, I mean, give it to his. I don't even like his brother's show at nighttime very much, but he deserves an Emmy more than his, you know, than the daytime governor brother does. You They're imagine? Tied I don't know. If, are they? They're actually tied for Emmys. Yeah, they each have one Emmy each now. Uh, but one brother actually did something towards to get the Emmy, and the other one just didn't try and just got an Emmy for just for going to work, doing what he needed to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, doing what he was supposed to do. Um, they came out of that though thing. I don't even know the details about it because I only follow. Um, um, I don't follow it that closely, but I mean, they came out of the disaster that was becoming New York very, very quickly and seemed to do all right. All right, I'm Shane Hewitt. This is the shift. Are you okay? Are you okay? Which one does Jason want to do yet? Where is it? Is it in the list? Jason's all excited about one of these. <laughs> Wrong the button. Trello? All right. Oh, it's in the Trello list. All right, hang on a second. Ah, now everybody knows that we use Trello. Take two, guys. All right. This is we're having a meeting uh, right now. <laughs> all right, are you done? Oh, there meeting? it is. All right. Are you okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay with cheating if everyone else is cheating? Um, no, that means, you know, that means just everything is just going to hell in a handbasket. Matt's a man of integrity. Without, oh, man. without rules, without order, there's just chaos. Yeah. This one's hard for me because I've, I've been caught, like I admit, like I've been caught cheating in high school and then once I did get caught, like I never did it again, but but yeah, like it is tempting. I can see how tempting it is, especially if everyone else is doing it. And like, you don't want to be like that guy that like gets the 80 when everyone else is getting like an 85. Oh man. I mean, it, it's, it's a tough temptation to, to resist if everyone's doing it for sure. But I haven't cheated since that day I got caught. So since you got caught. All right. This is the story. There's no audio to go with it, so we'll just tell you about it. 100 students at UBC accused of cheating on a math midterm. And this is the email that went out from the instructor. It said, Dear students, Math 100 midterm 2 is now complete. I am extremely disappointed to tell you that there were over 100 cases of cheating. We are currently investigating these, and if confirmed, the students involved will receive 0% for the course, brackets, not just the midterm. And I will recommend their expulsion from UBC. The same will apply to the final exam and will include any and all academic misconduct, such as viewing illegally uploaded privileged material. Wow. <laughs> but here's the thing. This is the thing. And I, this, is gonna, this might sound egotistical. Please hear it from what it is. The University of British Columbia has investigated over more than 100 entry-level math students accused of cheating on their midterm. Now, if you were cheating on, like, astrophysics, trying to keep up, sure. But this is entry-level math. Now, it's probably beyond me. 
But I mean, if you're going to school and you're going to UBC and you're taking entry-level math, you probably should be able to understand entry-level math, you would think. Or you shouldn't be at UBC. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, math is hard. Math is hard. hard. Math is hard. There's over 1,500 students enrolled in math at uh, Math 100 at UBC, just so you know. And, uh, And they got busted. So there it is. All right. Are you okay? Are you okay with COVID hoarding again? Uh, It's just a second wave of toilet paper and canned food. And I was at Costco today. There was no TP. Oh, shoot. I was going to ask you that because we stocked up. Not okay, not hoarding. We okay. eventually built it up over a couple of grocery runs, but I was gonna ask that because I, I was wondering if the hoarding was actually real. The hoarding seems to be real, and I, I sort of thought, okay, someone went into one store and saw an empty shelf and went, oh, there's hoarding, and then it made its way around social media. And I haven't seen toilet paper in there in a while. And here's why I think it is because you still can't get Lysol wipes, number one. And I even went to Walmart to get Windex and I like the yellow antibacterial Windex, uh, you know, for the sink and stuff. And there's none of it. There's none of it. You can't, you mean you can get normal Windex, which there was a time where you couldn't get that. So I don't think it's as bad, but it's, um, there's none of it. So yeah, hoarding's a thing. Let's get the clip. No Kirkland toilet paper left, of course. And the meat's down. It's busy times at this Costco in southeast Calgary. While many came out with full carts, most said it was just their weekly shopping. The Retail Council of Canada says that's all Albertans need to do and that there's no reason to start stocking up on essentials. The uh, supply chain remains very strong. Unlike the spring, uh, Grocery stores have had plenty of time to adjust to the shift from away from home to in-home consumption. Loblaws echoed the sentiment, ensuring its customers that its supply chain is stable and that it will not be running out of food. Calgarians say they hope that message gets across to everyone. It doesn't benefit anybody in the whole to do that. (laughs) Just take what you need. (laughs) I think people get a little carried away and I don't think it's necessary. They're not going to let you go without food or whatever. I hope they're one of those people who like some fellow who tried to return 17 packages of toilet paper last time they refused. The mayor also chiming in with a word for retailers. Be thoughtful, uh, don't hoard, don't massively increase prices. And for those thinking ahead to the holidays, the Retail Council of Canada is encouraging people to shop early and shop safe. We encourage uh, Albertans to shop as they normally would, find off peak times, but uh, uh, but certainly uh, don't be concerned about supply. Michael King, Global News. I'm going to start a thing on the show here. It's going to be, let's see what Nenshi has to say about this. Because the mayor of Calgary has comments these days on everything. I'm pretty sure if we did, if we did a piece on potholes in Toronto, we could probably find a clip of Nenshi uh, having a comment about potholes in Toronto. <laughs> it's a simple <laughs> Google search. Nenshi pothole. Nenshi oh, PS5. Nenshi the shift. Yeah, we probably could. The guy's got a comment on everything, and he always wears a mask, even when there's nobody around to set a good example. 
and his the, the the purple prince and his purple mask. He's always got something to say. This is the Shift Daily podcast. Email addresses, bad ones. You ready? Hit Here's me. a couple. Jay on fire uh, was my first email address as a volunteer firefighter at the time. Trucker Doby. <laughs> Jay on fire. I like you're supposed to be like Jay puts out the fire. <laughs> Not the way that works. Um, Angel says my old Addy was mama polar bear. Polar bears are great moms. And I was a single mother at the time. That's cute. See, that's all right. Aww. I wonder if we should, uh, we should have asked what's your email address today. Cause then we can see the sort of a contrast of where you've, where you've gone to. My first email was cannibal, the animal. Uh, I still have it. I use it as my alternate. Uh, thanks Jasper for that one. <laughs> cannibal, the animal. And, uh, this one wins the internet tonight. I don't have a name of where it came from. Gets down or D gets down to boogie. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. I wonder if he applied for any jobs with that one. Right. Or meeting like a girl in a bar and like, can I have your email address? Yeah, baby. D gets down to boogie. (laughs) Just capitalize that D. (laughs) Yeah. It's a capital D by the way. Confidence in that. Oh man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it is. There's actually almost like it's almost awesome. There's so much more. Um, uh, there was so there's, there's so much confidence to that one. I love it. All right, um, it is time for us to get into. In case you missed it. In case you missed it on the radio, here's sunshine and hours. Ding. Thank you. All right. So, in case you missed it, one. Okay. So we're. We're going to kind of turn to a uh, less playful side of things, maybe, you know, just, but we got to get to this news, uh, pretty important. Um, the Duchess of Sussex, uh, Meghan Markle, uh, revealed in an opinion piece um, yesterday, Wednesday, that she suffered a miscarriage in July. She said, though, she was telling her story to help break the silence about the all-too-common tragedy. Here's the clip. Meghan Markle shares she suffered a miscarriage. In an opinion piece for the New York Times, the Duchess of Sussex reveals the heartbreaking news publicly for the first time. She began describing that this particular July morning began as ordinarily as any other day in the couple's home. Made breakfast, feed the dogs, take vitamins, throw my hair in a ponytail before getting my son from his crib, she wrote of her routine. Then suddenly felt a sharp cramp and dropped to the floor with baby Archie in her arms and began humming a lullaby to keep them both calm. Megan heartbreakingly explains, I knew as I clutched my firstborn child that I was losing my second. Hours later, Megan said she was lying in a hospital bed clutching her husband's hand. I felt the clamminess of his palm and kissed his knuckles, she shares, wet from both of our tears, staring at the cold white walls. I tried to imagine how we'd heal, she continues. Megan then reflected on the couple's 2019 royal tour in South Africa and that honest moment when a journalist asked her, are you okay? Remembering that moment, Megan writes, I realize the only way to begin to heal is first ask, are you okay? In her piece, she describes how the conversation around miscarriages remains taboo, riddled with unwarranted shame and perpetuating a cycle of solitary mourning. Markle writes that she chose to share her story in the hopes of helping others in a year that has been dominated by the coronavirus pandemic, social injustice, and political polarization. Megan points out that as we cover our faces with masks, it's forcing us to look into one another's eyes, sometimes with warmth, other times with tears. 
Megan is hoping that we can all still check in on each other, asking, are you okay? Megan ends the piece by explaining for the first time in a long time as human beings, we are really seeing one another, revealing, are we okay? We will be. Isn't that so true? Um, that you really start to know like what people look like and from their eyeballs. So I was walking, I was uh, in the Ottawa airport and I was walking along through the concourse waiting for my flight. And in walks this really tall, burly dude and with a mask on. And I looked over, I'm like, Roger, is that you? And he's like, Shane, what's going on? And I have never seen Roger with a mask on. Uh, Roger and I both used to work for WestJet together back in the day. And we, um, and so I saw him uh, jumping on the same flight and it was great. And we got to visit, but I, I, I was shocked that I recognized him with the mask on and just his eyeballs. I mean, I haven't seen Roger in seven months, at least maybe nine months. And then all of a sudden there he was. Yeah. So really cool. Yeah. That's crazy. Africa. Yeah. I've, I've had similar experiences, but on the other way where people have, can tell it was me it's like jason i'm like i'm like how do how do you even know who like how can you tell from like my mask mm-hmm. so um and then that's crazy um some other sad news um but the sports world and the world in general um lost soccer legend diego maradona today he's uh he died at 60 years old um he was one of the greatest soccer players ever um, when people mention uh, the greatest soccer players of all time, they say Pele and they say Diego Maradona. Uh, and now tributes are pouring in for the genius of soccer. Diego Maradona, he died after suffering a cardiac arrest. Um, Global Nationals Donna Friesen actually was the one that explained when Maradona was at his peak, there was no one that could compete with him. Here's the clip. Brilliant run by Maradona. That was Diego Maradona. When he was at his best, he had no equal. When he was on the pitch, he was running the show. The soccer legend from Argentina died today at the age of 60. He had a heart attack at his home in Buenos Aires a week after surgery to remove a blood clot from his brain. Drug and alcohol problems engulfed Maradona later in life, but it is the dazzling way he played the game that's being remembered today. Maradona was one of the greatest of all time. Even other legends like Pele acknowledge that. Certainly one day we'll kick a ball together in heaven, Pele said today. Maradona could thread his way through the best players in the world. His mastery of the game, control of the ball, and displays of utter joy mesmerized fans. And in his homeland of Argentina, he was revered. Often referred to as the golden boy, his life was a rags-to-riches story. He grew up in a slum, got his first ball when he was three, turned pro at 16. With like handball, that. Famous for that hand-of-God goal in 1986, he led Argentina to a World Cup victory. The country's president has declared three days of national mourning. You took us to the top of the world, he said. You made us immensely happy. You were the greatest of all. Fellow Argentinian Lionel Messi wrote today, he has left us, but he isn't going anywhere because Diego is eternal. I'm not a soccer guy, but I know the guy's name. Yeah. And it's it's really crazy how like um, these sports stars can really bring like a nation together. Like, like for example, like Manny Pacquiao, he, he represents the Philippines. 
besides his boxing career, what people will remember Pacquiao for is how he brought like Filipinos together. Like everyone knew, and it was his story. Like like Maradona grew up on the slums. Pacquiao made his living selling cigarettes on the streets, and it's these people that like captive uh, captivize a nation. And look, there's a three day morning now for uh, for for Maradona. It's sort of like what Kobe did for LA on a smaller scale, but it just shows like the impact of these athletes on uh, on everyday people. And uh, you know, the world lost uh, one of the greatest soccer players of all time. Yes, he had issues with drugs and everything in his later life, um, but he gave back to the football world. He gave back to the soccer world. So um, uh, rest in peace, uh, Diego Maradona. Um, so here's a funner in case you missed it uh, from all the. Uh, uh, sad news there. Um, so, is Alicia Keys the newest member of Bangtan Sam Young Dom? Or I knew you were going to do this. BTS? This is so good. Oh, no this way. Is awesome. <laughs> um, so, Alicia, uh, Alicia Keys, she thrilled fans today by sharing an unexpected cover of BTS's latest hit, Life Goes On. So, this is a song that we've been playing on the show. I've, I've played it a couple of times now, in case you missed it. And people have maybe have been wondering, yeah, I can't even understand that. That's all in. That's all in Korean. Well, Alicia Keys took the English translation and made her own version of Life Goes On. And here's the clip. I bet you I didn't think I would play this one. Tell me if you know it. Like an echo in the forest, the day will come back around as if nothing ever happened. Yeah, life goes on like an arrow. Now I'm gonna can I talk about um can I talk about um your reaction on Twitter to this, Jason? Oh, for sure. Because Jason was literally like OMG like fanboy over the top excited when that one came <laughs> out. And that's how I saw it was because you commented on it. Oh man, and um and every time BTS does a collaboration with um, an American artist, it's always so good. Like when they did a uh, Soul Town Road with um, well, with Lil Nas X, Lil Nas X uh, they yeah. did that live. That was that was awesome. Uh, that was awesome music. And they and they did uh, they've done uh, several collaborations with um, uh, Steve Aoki um, and others, and it always sounds so good. And um, people are clamoring now for a uh, for uh, like an actual collaboration between Alicia Keys and BTS, and I feel that would be fantastic music i feel that well, if they released great. a new version of it that included her on one of the choruses or verses oh, it yeah. would be great it'd be kind of cool she, and she's like i would of the people that i would love to see perform i would love to see alicia keys i would love to see it if she would do like a a small pub sort of oh, intimate yeah. Man, what a voice. Oh, she is a, she has a beautiful beautiful voice and mixed together with bts oh, come on come on nothing better than that <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.